we're live. I don't know about you, but we're feeling 2022. After a long hiatus, welcome back to the Sunday night screening. As always, my name is Andres. Chris. Hi, I'm Kalani. Hi, Adam. Nicole. Jess. It is Sid, your boy. And then calling from the deep south, we have... We need to talk about Parth. <laughs> He's been sitting on that. <laughs> Wonderful. That so, affects us all. My God. Jess, why don't you kick us off? What did we watch today? We watched, um, we need to talk about Kevin, a movie I hadn't seen before, but I was browsing through movies on Prime because that's what Parth said he had. And that one caught my eye because of one, the actors, and two, just the title. I'm like, ooh, like, what about Kevin? And uh, <laughs> that's pretty much why I chose it. So you had no background? I knew nothing about so, it. So was it what you expected at all? Um, somewhat, yeah. I knew it was going to be something dark based on the actors and the title. So that was a good judgment. Interesting. Interesting. Had anybody else seen it before? I had seen it before. Um, I kind of knew where it was going to go. Also, Ezra Miller, mm -hmm. um, he's our dark king, our, our gaunt king. Gaunt <laughs> gaunt, king. You call, yeah, you use the word <laughs> gaunt um, while we were watching it. Um, but yeah, so it was interesting to rewatch it with you all and see the reactions. Remember my reactions? Did our reactions, were our reactions what you expected out of us? You guys are, I, I expected more like verbal affirmations like this kid is fucked up like we all said it yes but i was expecting more like burn for down. what it's worth i feel like our reactions are usually saved toward this because this is usually when a lot of frustrations yeah. from certain people like adam or parth are usually <laughs> expressed okay <laughs> i like the movie to be honest like 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 there are parts of it i was like yo this is boring as shit but like it all eventually clicked for me what the movie was going for, and like looking back at the whole thing, I honestly loved it. There's like I, I can't say I loved it because like the content of the movie is really fucked up, but like <laughs> it was interesting, is what I'm trying to say. And it it, it it's a movie that like has you ask more questions than yeah. rather than it gives you answers. If that but makes to, any to sense. To clarify, you don't identify with Kevin, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay, just for the record. Okay, uh, I thought the uh, film was interesting. It tried to go for two different things at once, um, and kind of like the you know conventional quote of if you're ever hunting for two rabbits, uh, if you hunt for both, you fail to get either. Um, I felt that this film was going for both shock and suspense. But by trying to go for both at the same time, you fail to do so, right? Where when you're trying to go for the suspense of what is this huge scene that they're building up to, you kind of already know what that is. But then you also want to build up the shock of how terrible that thing is. But you are one, know what one it is. is consistently feeding into exactly, each other. So yeah, because exactly. of that, you're consistently giving the clues along the mm -hmm. way. So yeah, I get what you mean. This, once we got the arrow, yeah. we kind of peeped what was going down. Before we get too deep into it, can we just get a quick synopsis from the person who chose the movie? Jess? Oh, sure. Um, so basically, it follows a woman or a couple that have a child that like, at first seems to have some uh, learning issues or, I guess, early development issues. Developmental delays. Um, but later turns out to be um, darker than that. <laughs> 
because he expresses a lot of, of, I don't know, just aggression. Yeah, aggressive tendencies. Um, and then we just kind of see where that builds. Um, I I heard one of you say something about like an attachment style. Yeah. And I was kind of wondering like what about their attachment style? Like what 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 was that one between mm-hmm. Kevin and his mom? So I, I worked that out. You did? Yeah. Okay. I was so the the attachment style theory is this idea that um at the time of birth between the mother and the child, um the child will begin to expect their needs to be met by the mom because they can't defend themselves and fend for themselves. And so depending on if those needs are met, whether whether physical, emotional, or, um, you know, other uh, other stuff, um, they will begin to develop a personality or coping styles in order to get those needs met. And so there's like avoidant, uh, anxious and there's a third one. I, I don't know. I can't remember them off the top of my head. Um, but essentially, like uh, an anxious is like say for instance, your mom leaves the room and your child keeps crying and crying and crying because they have a fear that the mother is not coming back because their needs have not been met before. Um, and they don't they they feel like there's an inconsistency in their needs being met. Whereas like avoidant is you don't even worry about your parent coming back, but it's more so of like, I now need to do this by myself. It's like a hyper uh, independence. You have low expectations for other people while high expectations for yourself. Um, so I kind of read Kevin as like avoidant at first. And then I was like, oh, this boy is psychotic. Like this is not even, like I, I'm not a professional, but like he, Again, once we peep how dark it gets, you're like, mm, maybe this is not an attachment style thing. And the reason why I brought it up is because when you're building up to the scene, his mom is incredibly stressed out. Yeah. She was displeased with her pregnancy. Um, and so you don't really know if she felt that need to meet her child's needs, not only during conception, but in rearing as yeah. well. Um, that scene where she's standing at the construction site and we're like, is she just so that she doesn't have to hear the baby crying. Exactly. And then when the, she's like laying on the couch and she's tired and the husband comes in and goes, you know, oh, I'm going to pick him up. Yeah. And so he picks him up and he's just like, oh, you just need to soothe him. You just need to rock him a little bit. And she was just like, do you think I'm lying? Like, yeah. But that's true. She didn't really do any of that, at least not on screen. Um, mm-hmm. She just kind of held him out and hoped that he would stop crying. Mm-hmm. Didn't like shush him or like. But isn't that due to an experience from her and the father? Because because the inexperience that they had. But the oh, father still did it. I mean, the neither of them had, had the, children before, but one of them naturally picked it up and the other one didn't. That's she just was, a difference of personality. She was going to those classes and stuff, too. Yeah. Like, she's very But it's she a lack of connection. And sometimes people yeah. just it, don't It seemed like she part. was, like, a very outgoing, like, person in terms of, like, being... Did you, you know, like, you saw that one little poster of her later in the movie. She's, like, yeah. an adventurer or something. Yeah, she she viewed the child differently than the father did, obviously. Well, yeah, she was, and she had to give all that up to have the kid, basically, and resentment. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, she definitely had that trouble adjusting. Um, Some people think babies can sense that, and so they definitely can. They definitely can. I definitely do think like this film. It basically, at least from my perspective, I think this film approaches the event the major event of the film, the climactic one being like the murder scene at this school. Um, 
but I think it approaches it from like three different um kind of I guess view I don't know I wouldn't call them viewpoints but like um kind of ideas in terms of like why this would have happened right like one of them is again the mother um her inexperience or her like non-desire to basically have a be a mother um but still have this like really weird relationship with the kid the kid possibly having an untreated mental illness they never tell say what it actually is Mm -hmm. that um kevin has and then i mean um not explored as much but the father as well just kind of not being a very good parent from like a like being like a more passive, easygoing yeah. kind of guy, you know what I mean? Like doesn't take anything. Not setting boundaries. Yeah, the kid, yeah, he gave the kid no boundaries. He was not like watchful. So like the wife is not supported by the father, and then the father is just letting him do whatever he wants. So essentially, this child pretty much could do whatever he wants, and nothing would ever happen. And he did. He yeah. he knew he was playing his parents. I think it was kind of interesting. This whole movie, they very strictly focused on the family life but not once did they mention anything about the school life and usually that's usually a huge factor into why people go into doing school shootings yeah. or school massacres i guess because yeah. just school technically school <laughs> shoot school airlings <laughs> the, um, our, our boy joji or kevin but um the thing is with Tilda Swinton, she had no reservations of literally telling Kevin, like, I wish you were never born. I absolutely, like, loathe you. You've removed every single bit of freedom that I can have from this mundane life. Whereas he probably took that and said, okay, but realized that his attachment with his mother seemed to be the only real thing. Because mm-hmm. he was incredibly real with her, which was being fucked up and psychotic. Because mm-hmm. when he broke his arm... Which is also probably why she was spared at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he didn't rat her out either when he broke his arm. Mm-hmm. He was just like, oh, I just made a mistake. No big deal. But then he looked at her like, we're both equally guilty of our, of our sins. We're both fucked up. Yep. Um, but then with people who... Either, I don't know if it's psychopathic or sociopathic tendencies, but they have an ability to camouflage really well or mask among other parts of society. And so I think that relationship with the father was entirely masking. He didn't really love his father so much as it is that he just masked any problems. And so then to your point, Chris, he probably was also masking any sort of um, sort of visible uh, deficiencies that he had. Mm. with, with his school peers. And they seem to be a runoff sort of casualty to the mother and his sister, who I think he was just like, look, if I was brought into this life, then I'm just going to take everything away from you. He was just had all this vitriol for his mom. He's like, well, let me kill the one person that you love and the one child that you wish you had instead of just me. And everybody else is a casualty. And we're, I'm going to pretty much make you live with the fact that like, I made you look bad by association. So I'm just going to forever, like, you know, be the um, only person in your life in that way. Yeah. But also be the albatross around the neck, so to speak. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So the the curse that forever lingers around your shoulders. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So if he was going to be a hindrance in her life from the beginning, he was going to see it through like full throttle. Mm -hmm. That's why I felt the kid had an IQ of 140 Mm -hmm. beyond. Because I knew he was smarter, uh, even as a small child. You could clearly see it. It kind of reminded me of a Key and Peele sketch, where I think... Is it the hospital bed one? No, 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 no. This is the other one where 
I think is uh, the stepfather. The stepfather one, yeah. <laughs> okay. Where pretty much the kid uh, kid meets his new stepfather, and the kid is being psychotic to the stepfather. But then the mom comes back, and he's like, "Hey, mom, everything good? Yeah." But then the mom goes away. You don't fuck with me, and I won't fuck with you. And that's how life will be. And I was like, "Oh my god, this is very resemblant of you know how Ezra Miller's character is being played right now." With his mother in this whole movie, very reminiscent of that. Have you all realized that there's this like weird stereotype that exists that like psychopaths are sometimes like geniuses or something? Yeah. And yeah, it kind of does play yeah. into that. Being, being yeah, being socially manipulative doesn't mean you're a genius. Mm. Yeah, because yeah. usually it's the opposite. A genius usually has difficulty developing social skills. That was the, so. that was a major finding. Well, not major, but like one of the revisiting of the Ted Bundy story was like, actually, he wasn't very smart. Like, people were trying to say, like, he was super smart. Super yeah, but, like, he socially went through school. Yeah, socially manipulative does not mean genius. He just lacked morals, and for some reason, we equate the ability to take initiative with you being either smart or successful. Kind of fits with that Protestant lifestyle, right? So Ooh, Protestant yeah, work ethic, exactly. the spirit of capitalism, baby. Exactly. I mean, but that's the thing, <laughs> right? Like, Adam's argument. You think, oh well, but he literally lacks moral, you know, fiber in every single way. He does not see a problem with like. No, one of the telltale yeah. signs of a sociopath is literally like killing a small animal, which he did. So that is very much on the path of. I'm gonna. Yeah. Also, shout out to Mr. Buffles. You know, shout yeah. out to Mr. He's in a RIP. He's in the Petco in the sky. <laughs> um, what do you think about Tilda Swinton's narrative wait, style? Wait, what, 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 you were going to say something. No, well, I was. I'll check. I was. Well, I could bring it up at the end, but no, I just wanted to commend um, Tilda because, like, I don't think I can't remember the last time I saw somebody play being miserable so well <laughs> like just the first 30 minutes like her in the supermarket and all this stuff it's just like completely sucks the air out of the room and she's just a shell of a person and it's, and it's like yeah like tying back to you know what he said i think that was his long game is to like imprison her mm-hmm. and like plays into his narcissism right like now literally her entire life is about him because like any other person i feel like after a tragedy like that, why not move? Like, why even have an attachment to, I mean, it's blood, sure, but like, your life could be a whole lot easier if you just <laughs> relocated. But here, some it, kids. well, so yeah. the he was also charged as a minor. Mm-hmm. So the whole time I was thinking that she's pre- she's been preparing the room for him to get out. I think so. That's why they show that final scene in the end after she like, like if you're charged as a minor, like you're not gonna be in jail for life. Like you're gonna get out at some point. So I'm sure that's why she's been and she's still there. That that was one thing I noted was in the old house before he you know, did his crime, his room was that very distinct color of blue. And then after she's like in her new house, you see her painting the wall that same She even color said that blue. fucking Robin Hood book, which I just thought was exactly. like, that's just inappropriate. Why would you put that book back? Like, exactly. shouldn't you be like, don't pick up arrows or, again? Or the scene where when we are first seeing Kevin before we see Kevin, he's biting his nails and peeling it off and lining it up. And then a couple minutes later, after the grocery store scene, she's eating the eggs and, and pulls the shells the shell out. Like and then, yeah, she lines up the shells of the egg. Like she, like I think you're right. Like they are now tied to each other. She is attached to him, and like 
a metaphysical way. Even and, but do you think that she was always like that after the murder? Or do you think to an extent she was always like that because she never, ever truly ratted him out in any way possible, even though there's just like this huge history of just really unusual behavior from this kid. Yeah, I know, like she she did call him out on a couple of things, but like not personally, not like he said she should get help or go see someone. I think we need to also call into question if Tilda Swinton's character is more like a Holden Caulfield type, where is he even is she even a reliable narrator? Fair. Like, yeah, I, I don't think she is. I I I think that's a valid question, but I also think that um, when we put things into a societal context, like this is a mom who's dealing with her child. Like, because I was telling Andres went next to him, I was like, "Oh, this reminds me of a sh- a show that we just watched called Defending Jacob." And the mom, the entire series, was saying this kid was not right from the beginning, and the dad kept dismissing and defending the kid throughout the whole series. And I think that people kind of underemphasize the power of dismissiveness, especially when you are raising and loving and protecting a child. So she went to her husband and said, something's not right. He told her, I think you should see someone. The next time she presented any behavior where she was uh, preferential between her children, now we get the scene of him proposing a divorce or what it sounded like was a divorce. That's a dismiss. Yeah. And when um, the little girl had her eye taken out, it's when they were in that little waiting area that the mom's like, it was Kevin. Kevin did it. And he's like, you should go get help. So I'm pretty sure she was clear that she saw something in him that she didn't think was right. But the husband, because he saw a different Kevin, was like, no, you're wrong. You're just crazy. Mm-hmm. I think that he moment... also blamed her. Yeah, yeah, that moment at the beginning where he like heard what she was basically was telling him that basically she didn't want him. I think that probably defined their relationship. The whole okay. thing. He's just like, oh yeah, she probably she doesn't like him. Just the beginning. I'm not gonna listen to what she says. Mm-hmm. He heard a nag. Yeah. I think from the very beginning and like some of the opening scene or the opening shots, we actually see kind of like a parallel between Kevin and his mom when they were washing their faces in the morning because it switched from her head underwater to his. And so like, I think from the very beginning, we kind of knew that there was- Both in deep shit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and I feel like they make it super obvious when she makes the comment about the fat person and then then, like he makes that comment like where he's sitting back from. But yeah, I I believe you're you're on point there, Jess. That caught me off guard too. I was so fucking unnecessary. It was the first time we see something like truly dislikable about like like the whole Whoa, wait, I, mean, I think her defending him is pretty dislikable but well that but, was the whole thing that adam was saying like how do you trust this narrator because exactly. it's like this is the first time that we've seen her say like say stuff like this but the entire time for this entire movie we've just seen him act like a shit yeah. so i'm sure he's seen more instances of her acting like a shit we just didn't see it at the time i wonder if hmm. we like also have a little bit of let me say from me not we is there a little bit of like confirmation bias? Because again, we've seen the movie from her perspective largely. And from the beginning, it built up to being sympathetic to her. She was a tired mother who sacrificed a lot. And so we like, she's just likable, but it's understandable. And then we get that one instance of what she says about the fat person. And Kevin's like, oh, I'm a mirror of you. 
like, what are you talking about? And then th- that, that's where your question comes in. It's like, is she a reliable narrator? Because we have been understanding of her, but at the end of the day, like the facts are the facts. Like, this is your child. Like, mm-hmm. what you could have done anything else, but you did it. So why? I don't know. <laughs> Going back to the room then, it's really interesting because it seems like she's preparing that entire room um, uh, possibly either because he's going to get out in a couple of years, he's going to be okay. But then there's some uncertainty that he says where Kevin's asking, well, I'm going to go to the big, the big school next. And he actually doesn't look certain anymore. That like really punchable face that he has throughout the entire film <laughs> punchable becomes face. like, you're like, oh, punchable. he probably finally sees the repercussions of his actions. Like he doesn't know what's next. His entire calculated step-by-step approach if it is you know no but that's what we were saying too like it just because you're you're good at being socially manipulative doesn't mean you're a genius and you can't think that far ahead all literally everything that he's been doing and i think this is pretty in my opinion it's pretty straightforward with most of these like school shootings is like these are all as much as people can plan these things everything is very impulsive like it's they just have no, they have no impulse control. They're just too young. The brains aren't developed enough, and that's yeah. why they keep doing this shit. So when he's doing all these things, like sure he planned it out, he ordered stuff, but like two years after he fucking did it, now he's realizing like my life is over. Like, but but she gave him the blueprint as well. Her response was, okay, so you're going to the big house. A couple years, a handful of Prozacs, you'll be out. Like she essentially said that to him. I think that's also why she is hopeful. She she's tangibly building a space for him, assuming that good behavior, your age, and some mental health professionals, and minimum medication. And then it's her responsibility to keep it from happening again. Exactly, it's her burden. I mean, that's all she'll have left, right? I mean, like I think it, it became it became super obvious when that one dude tried to come on to her during that Christmas party. When she refused him, oh, he yeah. basically, you know, it's like, no one's going to want you because everybody knows that what she did, right? She, she it's, it's implied in the film that she went really far, so far as to selling that old big-ass house um, to try to defend Kevin um, during, like, the case. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, it, it, it seems like her reputation and her general day-to-day misery, you know, like that Kevin seems to in such a shitty condition, be like the only real thing to look forward to. Yeah. It's his purpose, right? Yeah. But I'm going back to the, the, the scene at the end. Yeah. I th- it, when he didn't seem confident, I thought that was interesting too, because he looks like he's all scarred up. So that's like the first time he's probably been disciplined by somebody who's probably bigger than him. And now it's, that's like reality setting. Cause like throughout the whole movie, he, he doesn't really get reprimanded. All well, they also like through all the times that mo- his mom visits him, you also never see a shot of his face until the very end. Like the, the side profiles when you yeah, have like you, hair. yeah, exactly. Yeah, like he has a shaved head. Something. Yeah, but you recently. don't see that till the very end. So, like, I'm pre- I feel like that's one of the, they did that intentionally too. Like they hid showing a full shot of his head with the scars and everything because they weren't trying to, I guess, clearly give it away that he's acting a certain way because. Maybe he's being treated a certain he's way. Getting beat for two I years. I mean, well, deservedly, but yeah. yeah. I mean, I do feel like when you're thinking of his reasoning, like you get, like I think, like a few places where you get a bunch of different hints. Because I think we've already talked about potentially making his mom miserable, but I feel like that's a little too much, like 
planning way ahead of time. Everything has to go exactly a certain yeah, way. Like Joker from the Dark Knight levels of cartoonish planning. I, so I don't necessarily scary. think that may be it. Although that that's a possible option. There's that one when he does that like computer virus thing, and he just says he just did it because there's no reason. Then no reason is why he did it. This is like basically like a negative nihilism kind of approach. Mm-hmm. And then the last one. Um, and the very end, his last conversation is kind of what to what Chris said. It might just be just him being very impulsive. So that's why now he's just like, oh, you know? <laughs> there's, there's another scene where after the shortly after the sister is born, we see Kevin gets sick and he vomits and she cleans it up and she goes into the room and reads to him. And he finally shows her some type of affection by laying on her. And the dad comes in and this is the first time we see him act aggressively towards the dad, like get out, like go away. And I wonder if this is like, maybe it's not, oh, a grand plan to burden her and maintain, keep her in a cage, but maybe it's like, I'm trying to monopolize your attention. Again, Andre said it earlier, it's like to feed into his narcissism. Mm. For sure. And I feel like him like doing that bit on TV, you like they don't show it directly, but but it's implied that he has like some kind of TV interview or something. And then like the his whole spiel is basically about like everybody watching him on TV. And that's like the ultimate act of like that I attention felt, grabbing. Well, I thought it was a TV interview, but then for some reason I also felt what if the mom is playing this as a TV interview, but it's not really being portrayed as a tv interview if you know what i mean because so you think it's like a more for surreal thing correct like okay. it's almost like it's in her head as being shown as a tv interview because if you remember the beginning of the movie it looked as if she was also in a daze and she was kind of just going through this wave of motion of what's going on well it seems like i mean going back to what we were saying before it seems like at this point she's a hollow shell so she's yeah. just slowly reliving little memories throughout her entire life because she has nothing else to think about she's doing menial tasks and literally like in the very beginning my first thought was that her husband moved away after sun died because they were replaying like little voicemails of her husband saying hey like why don't you move back why don't you talk to me and then after a while i was like you you realize like husband's dead so like obviously she's just replaying things in her mind because like there's nothing else left Yeah, but I also wonder if like those were also happening because of like their kind of uh, somewhat like the the relationship was like kind of falling apart at the end there too. You know, they were talking about custody and all that jazz. But like, why highlight that though in the very beginning if we don't even understand any kind of relation, like any relationships that are going on? In the I movie? mean, there are a lot of things that were shown to us in the beginning that we didn't necessarily know the full context of, like the girl's eye patch, for example. I mean, like. To, to an extent, yeah, I guess you can guess like, oh, this this kid, this movie is about the psychopath kid. This kid probably did it, but like, it, it doesn't like give you like a full reading of it. I think there are a lot of moments like that in the start, especially like the constant flashing between present time and like the past, where you 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 still don't know exactly like what's the deal, but then you, you get the deal. Also, it's funny how they mentioned Donald Trump in the movie. And you're just like, oh yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, did not age well. Did not age well. Also, well. I think it might have actually aged a little too well, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> that was suspicious as hell. Like, your fifteen-year-old just has a bunch of like gloves. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like 
No, it's, it's suspicious. You're it. supposed to be suspicious. The parents don't do shit. I mean, it's just, it's crazy how, point. I mean she, Under did, she did ask, what are those for? And then he's just, he's just like... But how else... dad dismissed it again. Yeah. But then again, how yeah. else, like, as a rat, like, if someone bought a bunch of Bygogs, I'd be like, that's weird, so. but yeah. okay. Like, But, like, you don't, your mind doesn't immediately go to, like, oh, he's shutting down a billion no, buildings that shoot people. Based on what she's seen him do all Yeah, that, that's what yeah. I'm saying, is that she knows who he is. Why yeah. would he have... What are you gonna do with a lock? Keep somebody something in. Well, let, let's let's go back to like the ch- the second child being born, Ellie, right? Elsie, Elsie, Let's go back to Celie being born. So when Celie was born, a couple things shifted in both characters. The mom started to first of all, the mom, the mom, yeah, the mom loved the daughter for one thing. But she also tried with Kevin. No, exactly. She Kevin. tried more with Kevin afterwards. She tried to be more, spend like one on one time with her. She tried to show a little bit more affection. He also changed in the sense that he kept trying to get her attention in weird ways, but also like kept trying to push her away at the same time, and also weird, make weird eye contact with her during weird times. So like, <laughs> um, but it, it's both of these things. They both changed his characters throughout the time, and then like, I feel like that was also pretty important toward the end. Like it kind of defined what their relationship was. So like, she as much as like she had a lot of questions and she had a lot of doubts, she also had like. She wasn't when he was first born. She, I'm pretty sure she purely thought that she, he was total shit. But like toward the end, like she was just confused. Mm. Her daughter losing her eye was like huge setback. But like he, she still tried. Like took him out to dinner. Like went to do mini golf and all this other shit. So it's like in her eyes, like I could see being very like hit or miss. I, I think their mirror, their relationship mirrors like both of for for like for them for each other because like they both like I think hate each other to an extent, but they also kind of in a really like twisted fucked up way I think like each other too. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah, that's what I felt throughout the whole movie that there's some sort of love between them. Even when the movie ended, I was like, no, yeah. love maybe just pure understanding. Yeah. <laughs> some kind of understanding. Because they can't be completely unfiltered with each other. I mean, you can't call it love. I don't know what you want to call it, but it's something. Is there something there? It's an under. I, I just feel like it's an understanding. Like with it's them. a deep understanding of who they are as people, and yes. it's not something affectionate that they can feel toward each other because they're obviously not showing it. But it is some kind of. But they try to do it, right? He yeah, tries yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. and teach try to do that's, more things with him. That's that's after everything, yes, but like. Yeah. Un- until that point, there was no evidence of anything else. So, like, to my understanding, like, that entire movie was, like, them understanding each other in, ter- in like, their basic instincts kind of thing. But, like, it wasn't until the end to their that they actually showed each other that they actually cared for each other in some kind of way. I mean, I, I personally think the first incident where he, I think, really showed something like that was that when she was reading him that Robin Hood book. And um, for her, I think it's honestly the entire film because he's honestly very shitty towards her, but she keeps going back, you know, just like straight up keeps going back. If that makes sense. Nicole, what did you think? I thought I would, when I first watched watched the trailer, I was excited to watch it and then Wait, wait, it's okay. So why why were you excited to watch it because of the trailer? It's dark. Okay. <laughs> and I like I like um psychological thrillers. I don't okay. like those like jumpy 
movies. Like a scary movie? Yeah. (laughs) We know. That's fair, yeah. (laughs) So then. Um, And throughout the movie, I was kind of getting bored because it was very, like, quiet and, like, no action thrillers. But I think they did a good job. Like, it was meant to be like that, just, like, kind of quiet and, like, very serene, calming. Mm-hmm. I call no, it, it's like a calm before the storm yeah, kind of yeah. thing. And the way they didn't really show the graphic violence of like him shooting. People. I thought that was yeah. cool. Like less is more for like yeah. everything. Yeah, that was great. I, I really like how they used the color red instead mm-hmm. of just straight up showing stuff everywhere. Mm-hmm. Even the fucking jam. Yeah, the way jam, made that sandwich. Needles, shirts, oh, lipstick. They oh, had Ezra wear some extra lipstick in the one scene. mom made the same kind of sandwich like by herself when she was living by yeah. herself. Oh, with the wine. Yeah, yeah wine so, too. Was it comfort to make the sandwich? Because Kevin made the sandwich? But it, I, I think we're just saying maybe, it's like a mirror. It's a mirror her. thing at that point. Yeah. 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 Like, the real question is why didn't she ever take him to a psychologist? Not just like a general. Well, I mean, like this. That that's 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 kind of the point, Jess. Where like I think the film is trying to ask that question about like we need to where talk. did things go wrong? But I think things went wrong on multiple levels, and I think that is one of the places where it went wrong. But I, I okay, so with her, I'm sure she did take them. But like that's also a huge thing with people like this, where they're so good at socially manipulating people. Is like sometimes they can hide it so well to like even if you i'm sure she did take him to a psychologist and he still passed everything with flying colors because he can how do you know we don't know that like there's nothing in the film that shows that they did that if anything like the a lot of at least for me a lot of the hints in the film just seemed more towards them being very negligent towards this aspect of kevin even though like mom was a little annoyed by it she never like really but mom was trying to prove her case to dad, though. Is she in the doctor? Remember yes, that? like that one scene. Yes, I know. I know she took that was just like a general doctor, but like following down that line, why wouldn't she also take him to a psychologist? Because the doctor, an authority figure, also dismissed her. Yeah, so like it sounds like in my mind, like this is just following a chain of thought where like he just keeps lying to people and no one believes her, and I'm but sure that, like that, he's good at it. But that doctor is not. The the doc the uh, the doctor scenes that they showed us were not uh, psychological doctors. No, but I'm no, saying like right. it's the same but line though. Like I'm sure I, she also did it, but they weren't going to show more scenes I, of the same. I think thing. it needs to be pointed out that we're talking from a 2022 perspective where there's an increased conversation on mental health and mental wellness, and that we know that there are specialists like psychiatrists and psychologists. I'm not saying that we didn't know that wait, in wait, 2011. Wait. 2011. Oh wow. Yeah. But the conversation was so different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for parents to even consider taking their children to a mental health professional, there's a lot of parents who literally are saying, like, there's no, like, my kid is still a kid. Like, the thought of something being wrong with them mentally has not even penetrated their mind. So taking him to a general doctor who you think will listen to your concerns and then be dismissed, there's nothing wrong with his hearing. He's a floppy kid, but he, he seems normal. I think most parents would be like, they're they're looking for that confirmation that my kid is normal. Like, I think that is something, because none of us are parents. But she's always had I don't have to do anything else mm-hmm. if he's normal. Exactly. But to support your point even more, it's based on a book, and the book was written in 2003. Oh, so wow. It, even the I didn't know this was based off a book either. Yeah. So think Wait, Nicole, so did you like this movie? 
I felt like her reaction to the doctor was like she wanted him to be like, no, something's wrong with the kid. She was like, are you sure there's nothing wrong with my kid? And she's right. like, oh, well. Okay. And then fucking move yeah. on. Yeah. I think it would have been more valuable to show him being evaluated. At, I mean, time period aside, and being evaluated by a psychologist, I think that would have been. I, don't I think him that. not being evaluated by a psychologist is point is part is a big part of this film, and I think less yeah, is, it's the whole fair, less of yeah, more thing. In like yeah, an ideal yeah. scenario, right? Yeah. Well, like going going to that point too, like Nicole mentioned too, like she wasn't expecting she was expecting I guess a little bit more, but they, I mean, I'm sure you love this part too. Part they did a really good job with those uncomfortable silences in between, like when they're asking questions to one another or just in between scenes where like they're just, just sitting in the pro oh yeah for sure even like with i, I particularly like this a lot with some of the times when kevin responds back to some of the things you can tell kevin's a very calculating person yeah he takes always that like slight like thoughts. delay yeah, yeah he responds to anything but, like, yeah. yeah like when uh when mom asks him like, oh are you, like maybe we should do something for on sunday and it's like i might be tied up with something who knows <laughs> yeah. in terms of long pauses my favorite one was the one after um silly's like eye gets fucked up and like they're both just sitting there and it's just them sitting there that's whole that's all that the first part of that scene is no mm-hmm. no sound no talking nothing but like it captures like like it's it's just, just so immersive despite there being nothing else going on how did you think about what did you think about the long pause when after she took him to the doctor she tries to roll the ball again he rolls it the first time and the second time he does not he just stares at her that glare man he, he's yeah, trying to he's trying to observe in the reaction that, like, just, yeah, that, that kid actor it. killed it I don't know how they got him to get all that camera I thought he was already stuff. calculating right then no he is like that's what it was he's yeah. gauging how she's responding to him accepting something and him rejecting something that she's trying to get him to do. And then yeah. like, I'm sure that builds up towards how he's going to be as an adult. Exactly. Yeah. And then that, I think that's just one part of that whole stepping stone, right? That, the diaper scene, mm-hmm. um, the stuff with the food. <laughs> that, that way he was like, <laughs> hell no. Wait, what, what, what was it? Yeah. You don't talk about it. <laughs> They don't. <laughs> no, when he's leaning back, he's like, way too old to be like, like he was getting genuine enjoyment out of watching her wipe his ass. Like, <laughs> no way. I think my fucking yeah. I mean, wait, yeah. who was enjoying the wiping his ass? Oh, the, the kid. Yeah, the when he kid. was. Uh, I don't know. It okay. must have been like I think. Sid. I think Sid related with that a little bit. To me. Oh yeah, sure. Oh yeah. Um, I had a question that, that kind of like sat with me, um, one of a couple, but what did you guys think of, um, what was the sister's name? Silly. With her relationship with Kevin, it seemed that she was also very dismissive of her treatment by Kevin, right? Kevin would literally like physically demean, or, you know, verbally demean her, physically demean her, and she had her on some, like, Stockholm Syndrome level. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, she doesn't know anything else, and, like, that's her brother, so she thinks he knows best, so... And she probably looks up to him. Yeah, she she goes along with it, she, and... so young. So young. Could also be a and lack be, of family. It, like, as a child, like, Kevin was already, as a child, already so manipulative. Like, a young child, that's nothing. It's child's boy. In addition, she, even as children, you also begin to observe the family dynamic. 
And so she's probably observing. She's going to be the authority figure of the family. The authority figure. She's probably observing the fact that she's given way more affection from her from her mom than Kevin is. Like I think that is something acutely that so she, she be does. Aware of. She has to try with him mm-hmm. more than she has to try with him. Exactly. So I think there are a number of ways in which she began to observe her role in the family. I wanted to ask one more question before we start wrapping things up. Um, the poster before the very big climax where you have a huge murder scene. Where the Pride and Focus pride, one? Pride and Focus. Mm-hmm. What did you guys think of that? And Was it an antithesis of itself or was it just more mirroring of the same sort of qualities? What, 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 did, that, what did that mean? I thought, yeah, it was just summarizing what he was doing, even though, yeah, yeah. it's debatable whether or not he was a genius, probably not, but still the... He definitely had a lot of pride, and he was focused on what he was trying to do. He had a he planned that. That I mean, yeah. I would have never. I mean, that's evil, but it's like kind of ingenious, I suppose. Um, that was a really cool shot, though. There was a few like you brought one up. I think when she's in the store with like the Campbells, tomatoes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. then the the shot with her walking down the hallway and the two lines of girls and the tutus. Yeah, walking down was a beautiful shot. It was really well done. Yeah, there, there are a lot of really good shots and transitions in this film too, especially a bit between like the past and the present. Um, to thread the film, that that I thought were really well done too, and I think really kind of helped sell like her mindset. And I think and kind of talking like about that film about the film on that like technical perspective, I think that's where it really excels. In a way, yes, it can seem kind of boring because the pacing is not as you know like quick, but I think this is why I personally tend to enjoy films that are a bit slower is because they have that ability to really kind of put you in the shoes of like the characters um, that are on the screen. Instead of pushing a pace on you, which yeah. I know you generally hate, Barth. <laughs> yeah. So, so that normally I do hate when films try to waste my time, but usually like if they do it really, <laughs> if they slow it down really well, like this film does, I, I'm a fan. Uh, at least I'm a fan in the case of this film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you never agree with Parth. No, I, yeah, I don't like it when films waste my time, but I'm like, this keeps you guessing. Like, it's like, oh, well, we know what he did, but it's like, but what exactly did he do? Like, how did he kill mm-hmm. people? I think the bigger question is why, which why? he obviously also doesn't even know why himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is probably just an impulse thing at this point. I'm wondering that, like, it opened up with the scene of her in Spain with all the tomato sauce and everything. And it goes back to it with that scene of tomato soup in the background, the jelly, the red paint at the house on the car. Like, do you think he was just trying to keep the red in her life with blood? Honestly, I don't know. Or she had a bad tomato. It might be a stretch, but I feel like that. Maybe, did he know about that? Like, he ruined her freedom and doing these adventurous things. Like I mean, I don't think he could have master planned somebody throwing a bunch of red paint in her house years after he's... (laughs) (laughs) But the blood of the people that he shot with arrows. It'd be a good fan theory. It's it's a good directional, like, a good director... I made think, it in a way. So the, the paint, yeah. yeah that, so that's what I was trying to look up. What is the symbolic meaning of tomatoes? What I got very early was when we see the paint, red paint splatter on her house, it immediately was like there's some type of blood on her hands that she cannot wash away. It's very difficult to wash away. 
this, well, they yeah, they repeated the, that theme yes, the whole time. Yes, so, like in the yes. beginning, she they literally washed her with tomatoes. Yeah. Then she had to but, wash her hands of guinea pig blood, but, and then at the end, she had to wash her hand of her family's right. blood. But I think the motif of tomatoes is a very specific line because again, there's that beautiful shot of her with her back against the wall of tomato Campbell soup, and then it opens up with her at the tomato festival in Spain. Like we don't know if that's a genuine memory of hers and we don't know why she of all aisles to go down of all things to put her back against is tomatoes. Yes. We know it's red, but why, why she like, you could have chose watermelon. You could have chose cherries. You could have chose. I mean, they, they use peanut. I mean, they use um, jelly quite often, um, especially with the sandwiches. Fair. Um, that one was done quite a bit. Um, I do think like the the Spain scene was very important because I think it helped show you um, rather than tell you immediately that she's this like she was at least this like super outgoing like travel is my passion kind of girl um, before she settled down and had a kid. But I think that's how I see it. and I, I feel the reds like the film's way of kind of telling you what happened like in terms of, like, somebody getting murdered. I don't think that was ever a mystery that something was going to happen, like, people are going to get murdered. And the film, I think, just shows this repeatedly through these scenes with the Reds. I, um, I, just, I just looked up the symbol, symbolic nature of um, tomatoes, and there are a lot of uh, affirmative or positive expressions. I'm going to the first link on Google, so we don't know if it's credible. But it says the negative connotations associated with tomatoes are cowardly, weak, nightmare-prone, frail, anxious, quitter's attitude, shy, <laughs> hesitating, defeatist <laughs> attitude, fearful of failure, fearful of unknown causes, fearful of unknown, uh, fearful of known causes, fearful of unknown causes, unstable, lacking conviction. Wow. That scene where like, she's covered in tomatoes, like there was a voiceover saying, "You killed my boy," or something. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Those are those the are the flashbacks that take it from the end. Yeah, Nightmare yeah, exactly. mm-hmm. Did you watch? Did y'all watch the film in uh, filmmaker mode or whatever it's called? What? No, no. Oh, wait, yeah, I'm curious, like how much of the film then had like a more was like a little bit darker in tones, and also had a bunch of places where like the lighting for a lot of spots were just reddish. Especially when she no, was like they, lying in there, the bed. There were a few scenes where she was like waking up, or where she was in the house, where like there were some very dark tones, and they had some like interesting flashes here and there. And, and then, they were I all think, red too at that time. I'm just just making sure we all had that same experience because I turned on filmmaker mode. I had no clue what it was, and I'm like, okay, cool. Maybe this is like what the filmmaker intended. Is that a perk of Prime? I, I yeah, I watched it on Prime. I don't know how y'all watched it. No, we watched it on Prime too. I mean, like that's how we did the whole movie. Oh, yeah, sharing. I didn't know that was an option, honestly. Oh, it, it popped up for me like the moment I turned it on. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, no, there was some like cool, weird, like flash, like camera effects that made some parts appear like redder than they actually I, are. I think it was a lot of those. Uh, a lot of the scenes at night seem to be more redder yes they definitely yes. had like a tint or they definitely had some kind of something going on there where everything looked a little bit more redder especially with yeah anything at night so so overall verdict people i think it's a strong start to the year 
I was kind of surprised that they be like, I'm kind of surprised I've never heard of this movie and considering how relevant this movie is to everything else. And that this movie was made in 2011. Holy shit. I mean, it's not Oscar nominations till this once and got Oscar nominations. She deserved it. Fuck yeah, she deserved it. They crushed it. Yeah. She was great. Yeah. On that note, I guess we'll wrap it up. Good choice, Jess. Parth, well, what is your overall uh, consensus of this movie? Oh, I, I honestly really liked it. Um, I think the only part I disliked was like the really lame country songs because like it's boring. <laughs> honestly, everything else was fantastic. Uh, contrary to what you said earlier at, in the beginning, Adam, I don't think this movie was about suspense or shock. If anything, I feel like this was a very psychological film and also like one that really makes you want to ask the questions like how did like what kind of events, what kind of lives, lives what types of people would lead to something as like messed up as the climax of this film. And I thought it not necessarily answering that, but giving you all sorts of possible hints. And that's, yeah, and that's why they did both things really at the same time. Not necessarily like trying to build the suspense, but more like trying to understand why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. And I feel because this is like a film that, that I'll be thinking about for quite a while, like even after this podcast, like, mm. Mm. Yeah. Good movie for that reason. Yes. All right. On that note, tune in next week, guys. Parth will talk to you soon. Wait, whose turn is it next week? Mine. Siddharth. Oh, boy. We're watching some Bollywood movie. Yeah. (laughs) Your girlfriend isn't here, so we can.